do it enough where you want to be that Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola is still advertising. Everybody knows who they are, but they still advertise because they want to be the first on people's mind when they're, when they're thinking of when they want to drink. So when they're self-storage, I, I want to be that person. I'm Neil. And I'm Brittany. We are a family on a journey towards financial and location independence. Each week, we interview successful real estate entrepreneurs about their chosen investment strategy and rate it based on how much money it took to get started, how long it took to educate themselves, how passive it is, and whether or not they could do it from anywhere in the world. Welcome to the Road to Family Freedom. All right, enough out of us. Let's hit the road to family freedom. Greetings, friends and families. I'm Neil Henderson, and you're listening to the Road to Family Freedom podcast. Our guest this week is Luke Wong from Nine Mile Capital. He's an owner and a partner in over 1,200 self-storage units. Luke is going to talk to us about his unique way of networking during a time of COVID using an app called Clubhouse. Now, if you've never heard of Clubhouse, it's like a live audio podcast or a virtual audio only RIA meeting. That's the best way I can describe it. Now, some people love it. Some people hate it, but I'll tell you what, it's been an incredibly effective networking tool for Luke during a time when networking in person is really, really hard. We're also going to talk to Luke about how he bought his first self-storage unit using owner finance, and we're going to have some tips for having productive conversations with potential sellers. Our conversation with Luke Wong is coming up right after a word from our sponsor. Before we get to this week's show, we'd like to make you aware of something. We are self-storage investors. We buy existing self-storage facilities and vacant buildings that can be converted to self-storage in the Sun Belt. We buy them with cash and some with loans, and we use private lenders who become equity partners in our deals. These equity partners share in the cash flow and the profits when we sell. When we find a deal that we are considering, we call the equity partners and offer them a share of the ownership secured by the property. So if you've ever driven by a self-storage facility and thought, I wonder who owns those things, and you have any interest in learning more about the storage business, we'd love to chat with you. Head on over to roadtofamilyfreedom.com slash storage. That's roadtofamilyfreedom.com slash S-T-O-R-A-G-E and set up a time to chat. We look forward to speaking with you. Well, Luke Wong, welcome to the Road to Family Freedom. Thank you very much, Neil. Uh, good to be here. Thank you very much Absolutely. for uh, having I've heard your voice a lot because I've been on your clubhouse events, but it's the first time I've actually seen you face to face, so to speak. So nice to make yes. your acquaintance. Yeah, nice to meet you too. Yeah. As I mentioned, you host a twice weekly clubhouse room on self-storage every Tuesday and Thursday at 9 a.m. Central Time. For people who are not perhaps as familiar with clubhouse as you or I, give us the two-minute tour of what it is. James Reed and I, uh, I met James through Scott Myers Mastermind that I'm in. You know, we got together and decided to go ahead and and start the the clubhouse room and self-storage because nobody else... Uh, we didn't find that space was happening when we first, I started just in getting introduced to Clubhouse in late December. So we said, yeah, yeah let's do it. Our, our main focus was uh, to just bring bring value to the self-storage space, getting everybody in different experience levels, different backgrounds, and just sharing the knowledge because it just, you know, a lot of collaboration goes on in the storage environment in commercial real estate itself. And we try to have a subtopic every Every room, I guess, as as you know, time allows. You know, we've been asking different people to host, co-host with us. Like we'd have, uh, you know, cost segregation person, a lender, the store local co-op person, the boxwell storage guy. So it's a little bit of an environmental due diligence. So Clubhouse is actually an audio-only iPhone app for right now. I think hopefully Android is going to be part of that soon. 
And it's kind of, to me, what it seems like, it's like a, it's an interactive live podcast, but just audio only. So it's not like a Zoom call where it's any video, so you don't have to dress up. And it's, it's really, you get really pretty much intimate with, with, um, you know, everybody's conversations. And it's partly you have some people that are on the panel up and then you have an audience and, um, you know, kind of help moderate the room. You have some helpers that can help you, you know, you know bring people up, mute people, but it, it really flows pretty nicely. Everybody's pretty respectful and, you know, when people are talking and, um, yeah, I mean, we, we have it every Tuesday and Thursday, 9 a.m. Uh, central time and it kind of let the conversation flow if we don't have a subtopic or if we do have a subtopic, we'll still kind of let it flow once we're done with that sub subtopic or, you know, in between. I've, I've met a great amount of people on there that, I would never have really ran into any other way because it would just don't play in the same space. Like for instance, uh, Mitchell, he's a developer in, in Miami and he's building ground up class A facilities. And, you know, I'm looking for mom and pop existing facilities. So he's somebody that <clears throat> I met, I actually went down and visited him and he came to one of the Scott Myers uh, mastermind. And um, yeah, it's everybody's just very uh giving and and it's i look forward to it every 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 week so yeah i don't get to as often as i like it's right in the heart of when i'm trying to usually get my son ready for the day and it, it you know there's some days where i'm able to jump in but i've described it to people as kind of a, a virtual ria meeting uh, you know i mean there's there's kind of moderators there's hosts and you know everyone's kind of in the room and people will be called up to you know ask questions and, and, uh, you know, it's usually almost always in your room. It's of course always storage related, but there's a whole, you know, you've had all kinds of, um, like you said, you've got people of all levels. You know, I know James, I know James and James is a fairly experienced self-storage investor. And of course, Powell Chi, who we re- uh, recently interviewed as well. I met, uh, Catherine D'Agostino on there and, and, uh, of course you. And so it really, you know, right now we're, we're, I don't go to RIA meetings right now, obviously. I don't know. Maybe, maybe we are. So it's really a great, for me, it's a great supplement for it. Yeah, no, it's, it's wonderful. I, I, I've actually, I just been to maybe one RIA meeting here locally, just because they, they started opening back up again. And just uh, one, just to get out. It's just nice to be around people again, other than, you know, the, the masterminds that I belong to in, in self-storage and commercial uh, academy. But yes, it's like those wonderful people I would have never uh, met also. I mean, you're part of Scott Myers group too. And I don't think we've ever really met, but like Catherine that you have spoken about Powell and Powell also brings a little bit of multifamily background. So it's always nice to hear from that angle. Yeah. It's a lot of neat folks. Yeah. So you grew up in a real estate family. You've been involved in some form of real estate for almost 20 years. Is that correct? Yes, actively. In a, yes, as an adult, I grew up in a real estate family. With born in Jamaica, and and you know, having you know shops. My father and his family having supermarkets and uh, rental properties and commercial real estate. My mom did when we when we moved to Miami. My mom did residential real estate. But yes, so twenty years is when I really started. Uh, twenty years ago, two thousand one, when I moved to Houston, is okay. is when I kind of really really started actively in my real estate career. And you've done everything. You've done some, you know, land acquisition for development. You've done residential house flipping, wholesaling. When did you find yourself gravitating towards commercial real estate? 
So I did the land acquisitions for about 10 years, house flipping, house flipping for about five. And then, so I, what had happened, I had a health crisis in 2006 and 17. And then my, my dad had passed at the same time. And then we had three, three floods that came kind of very short period of time in the Houston area. So the, and the oil, uh, the oil market kind of in 2015 started to, you know, slow down a little bit. So the, the market I was renovating, uh, it was, it was my neighborhood and it was doing very well. But this is, you know, you buy something for two, three hundred thousand, you put a hundred into it and you, you gross a hundred uh, profit. And that was, it was just like clockwork. But then that area flooded. So when all those things happened and I came back to it, I, I assessed the situation and, didn't know exactly where I wanted to be or if I wanted to do rehabbing or where, if there was another neighborhood that was even worthwhile or the market. So I started wholesaling. At the same time, I started building the wholesale team. But then I knew I'm also looking into other ventures. And so that's when commercial real estate was, well, let me start more diving into this this arena and started passively investing in a shopping center, apartment complex, and then storage facility. And I knew I wanted to focus on one to not really spread myself thin and kind of sniper, sniper focus. And self-storage was it. That was about 2018 is when I went to a Scott Myers event. And then shortly after joined a mastermind and, and then uh, shortly after got into my first facility actively. Gotcha. And it's, it's been a wonderful ride and I just uh, really want to continue, continue to grow. Gotcha. So your first, your first experience was investing on the passive side, correct? Correct. And, and how many facilities did you invest in passively? I have three that I invested passively. Uh, and are they all, are they ground up developments or are they existing facilities? Existing, existing. Okay. So all sort of, uh, value add opportunities. Correct. Okay. Correct. Gotcha. All with the same operator or have you, have you, have you spread the wealth a little bit? No, I, I, I spread the wealth. Uh, one's with one operator and the two's with another operator. And I did that also with the shopping center and the apartment complex and the storage facility because I, I did want to see a different style of operating and get that difference in, in, in uh, experience also. When did you decide to go in actively? The same time, you know, shortly after you, you started investing passively? So, no, probably about a year, year and a half is when I said, you know, the wholesaling real estate was not, you know, I just, I just wasn't exciting me anymore. I was getting a little bit more competitive. So I, I sold that out to my partner at the time. And I, I just, and that was just end of last year. Was it end of last year? No, it's, it's, it's been a good six months at least. It's been I, like, it's been like dog out. years for most of us. Yeah. Yeah. Now everything's <laughs> kind of just coming together. And then, yeah. So I just sold that and I said, I'm going to, this is what I'm going to do full time. And then shortly thereafter, yeah, I, I landed my first one and went in. So, I mean, I'm still doing some some investing in, in land and, and, and buying and wholesaling smaller projects while I'm doing my my main focus on storage and, and acquiring those. And, you know, I do a lot of off-market uh, marketing. So, All right. So talk to us about that first facility that you took down on your own. Uh, how did you find it? So coming from a wholesaling background, I, it was it was a yellow letter that I had sent out to a list, and you know, I got quite a few calls. And this one was actually a retired couple. It's in a city about just 
about an hour and 45 minutes away from, from, from being here in Houston. They um, were getting ready to retire. They didn't want to do it anymore. They had built it from ground up. They live right next door. So I started the conversation. I went to go visit it. Very nice facility, a smaller town, very nice people. We agreed on a price and just went through the steps and then my due diligence. And they agreed to owner finance it for me. I was actually going SBA route. And then they offered to owner finance me for the same same rate, 25-year AM and 7-year balloon. And at that time, you know, SBA was still asking for more information. So it was like, if they're going to give me same rate or and, and less you know, red tape, then uh, yeah, let's do it. So that was another plus. Yeah, it's, it's worked out really nice. They still live behind the facility and uh, yeah, still keep in touch with them. And I even got a testimonial from them that I'm going to publish soon <laughs> of, uh, you know, just so I can use it also as, you know, when I'm approaching other buyers that look, you know, I've, this is my real experience with the owner. Yeah, and yeah. this is, this is why they also like the owner financing route. And would you mind, what was the, what was the purchase price? Oh, it's just a little over a million. All right. And then how much did you end up having to come to the table with? 20%. 20%. Okay. So in at 200,000, basically, uh, was okay. there any, was there much deferred maintenance and like that? No. And I think it was probably 96, 97% full. I think. So the first building was built in like 2008. Mm-hmm. The next one was 2015. I mean, this is, there's a picture in my, my Zoom background. I've rented maybe one or two storages ever in my life. And it's usually, you know, I guess the older ones that were nearby. And so when I went to this one, I'm like, this one's clean. And it's, it's, it's all climate control, by the way. Okay. Um, so yeah, it was in, it was in very good shape. And, you know, they kept up with it. And they, I mean, they, they went there every day, opened the doors, closed the doors every day. There's not like a, there's like a small office inside one of the, um, the air conditioning rooms. Yeah. So they took good care of it. What was the opportunity that you saw with it? Is it just a turnkey? Was it a chance to just get, get your feet wet in storage? What was Yeah, the- it was, it was, it was probably a little bit of all the above. So it, one, it's nearby Two, the owner financing was, was a plus the, the, the value add was the management. They were, they were they were still kind of just doing it a little bit of old school way where they would go every morning, open the doors and then come back every evening, close the doors. They would have a person on site. If it wasn't them, they had, uh, they, they would, uh, they hired a part-time, uh, almost a full-time lady. She wasn't doing much. So I saw a lot of things that I could make it more efficient. For instance, so that same girl now works for me, but she, she, she's got a full-time job now at, at, at another company. So she's got a career now with another company, which I wouldn't be able to give her that with this size of this facility. So she'll, you know, go there, by, go by there at least twice a week, cut her hours. We, we made, you know, I stated that up front. So the, the, my expense on, on payroll dropped compared to what they had. I put automatic locks on the entry doors. So I can't go over there every morning and open it up. And then I also got the ESS, uh, a website and call center. So they are taking the calls and the website's doing its thing. And then there's one, there's room for one more building. Uh, so right now the plan is to put portables in there. So I'm going to phase in portables. So management and the, ex- the expansion capability was the main two factors of, of the, 
the value add. Re- and, and the rental rates, they were, you know, not too, too bad, but I, 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 could, I could raise them a little bit. And it was one of the nicest facilities in, in the area. So far, so good. And how big is it? Oh, it's 12,400 square feet, 135 units, uh, all climate control. All climate control, which is, that's great. I'm always interested to talk to investors who've come from a heavy deal flow niche like wholesaling and, and uh, house flipping. How are you applying what you learned there to your self-storage deal flow? So a lot of off-market marketing and just conversing and talking to a, a bunch of owners and, and brokers, you know, always trying to solve a problem, whether, you know, a facility. So I guess their issue was they were getting ready to retire. They wanted somebody to, somebody that will carry on taking care of the facility at the same time. So that, that background has really helped me in, in, I guess, just marketing and going after uh, off-market deals. I mean, I still talk to brokers, you know, I keep in contact with them, but with um, wholesaling, you can't wait around. So you're, you're on the hunt, you're on the offensive. And just the negotiation part of it has helped and listening and just trying to make it a win-win situation. Now what's uh, it's a little hard to adjust is the amount of deals closed because we're like a high paced and in wholesaling is like boom, boom, but they're a lot smaller deals compared to these. So it's kind of like you get a little bit anxious because it's like, well, I need to, I need to land one. You don't want to just jump on anything because it's not like a, a wholesaling. You really don't have much at risk. So that takes a little bit getting used to, but I'm still doing the stuff on the side for, you know, other, other cash flow at the same time. One of the things you said there that I always, that I completely agree with that you have to sort of come in with as a mindset is problem solving. You've got a, you've got a, a seller who's, who's got a problem. They want to sell their facility for some reason, whether it be retirement, you know, I've got a friend who's uh, working on a, a small hotel deal and the owner wants to, he wants to make sure and close quickly because he's, he's really worried about, he thinks that the government's going to raise the capital gains taxes and he's terrified that he's not gonna be able to sell before that happens. And so he wants to close, you know, he wants to close quickly. And, you know, and so the issue comes down to, you know, you're trying to solve their problem. Mm-hmm. And really that's just, and you, you said it, it just comes down to having a conversation with the owner and the way to generate that conversation is with marketing. <laughs> you got this from just a mailer, a, a yellow letter, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, a regular yellow letter that we use in the wholesaling for houses. So, you know, I talk to a lot of self-storage owners and there a lot of them are being inundated right now by unsolicited letters. I mean, they're just getting letter after letter, you know, and, yeah. and some of them, you know, all look the same, you know, we're all studying with the same self-storage mentors. Do you have any sense that made you, what made your stand out or was it just a numbers game? Just luck of the draw. I think a little bit of both. I, I tried different letters just in the, in the, um, in wholesaling because it, you, you try the, the, the one that's typed up in white paper and professionally try the, the the yellow letter one with kind of handwriting uh, font. So I, and I did ask the lady why she thought, why she, did she pick me? Cause I know she, they had getting a lot of mail. She just thought I was genuine and it looked, you know, 
simple and it just they just i just i guess they had a, a good feeling about it because it's it wasn't i don't make it too long and i make it very just friendly hey what's important i think is also i mean it was months before i actually closed on a deal back so we've been talking for a while and everything i did i followed up on when i said i was going to be there i was there i said i'm going to send this i send it so and and to this day i still i mean because now they're my bank i still if i'm going to do something i do it and that's the, another thing. These sometimes take months, maybe even years to, you, you just keep talking, 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 talking. When they're ready, it's, you want to be there. So I'm building the relationship and rapport. But yeah, and I, I, again, you just gotta, you know, do it enough where you want to be that Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola still advertising. Everybody knows who they are, but they still advertising because they want to be the first on people's mind when, they, when they're thinking of, when they want to drink. So when they're self-storage, I, I want to be that person. I mean, I, I still call people and yeah, I get I get so many of these calls every week. And when I go, well, I don't want to waste your time or or, yeah. or, or waste mine. Let's talk. Um, or what's the situation? I told another guy, he had a seven portfolio deal. And it sounds like you don't really want to sell. You look like an expansion mode because he's just, you know, expanding in one of his facilities. And I go, you know, I don't want to waste your time. So I'm just going to check with you in like a year. So maybe a year, two years, who knows? Yeah. I mean, most of the conversations I have are, are completely friendly. You know, every once in a while mm-hmm. you'll get a grumpy, you know, a grumpy owner who's like, I get so many of these letters, you know, you know, yeah, and, yeah. And, and I, and I was like, you know, I said, yeah, you get, you're getting a lot of these, but when it comes time to sell, you're going to want one of those. Or you're just going to grab one sitting off a pile. And so that's part of the reason you're getting so many is that people just want to be there when you decide to sell. And, you know, I I don't have to tell you, it's, you know, we're getting sold to everywhere we go nowadays. And, you know, it's, uh, it's sort of a double edged sword. You know, what do you want? Do you want to, does, do you want to have to be out there searching for somebody to buy your facility uh, when you're ready to sell? Or do you want to have a list of people you can go to and call? Yeah, or just, I used to say when people get angry, even the residential stuff is like, just just throw it away or just don't, 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 you don't have to call us back. I mean, I'm sure you're not calling Bed Bath & Beyond or, or getting mad at them for sending you that coupon like three times a week or, or you know, whatever. Why are you getting so angry at me? But and then again, sometimes you can turn that around in that conversation it's like oh yeah i hate that too i'm, I'm I, yeah, I, yeah i do the same thing but yeah. let me let's talk about your, your your facility sometimes it works sometimes yeah. it doesn't work. so on on your zoom background here for those of you listening luke has uh five more facilities in 2021 and that's your goal so yes luke, that's my goal what are you doing to fill your what does luke's funnel look like uh, that's going to generate enough leads to allow you to buy five more facilities in 2021. So I'm, I'm still got a lot of offline marketing, mailers, cold calling. I, I am um, working with brokers, calling brokers. I've expanded now. At first, I was going to try to stay in Texas, at least for for initial or North Carolina, like I mentioned to you. So that's one of the places that we're thinking about uh, moving in the next two years or so. But now I've added probably 10 more states because it just, you go through those lists pretty quick. But also, again, those five facilities are either actively or passively, just, you know, one way or another. 
I am uh, creating more more uh, relationships and, and partnerships. So I think that in itself will will, will help me because again, this is like a team sport. I the one I took down in October, I wanted to do pretty much by myself and get the experience and my money's at risk and and, and get just to, to really get to know a, a lot more about the industry. But now my my network has grown. So I think that's, I mean, I get, even on Clubhouse, and people, you know, approach me and ask me different deals, throwing me, uh, you know, different information on deals that they're looking into. And I'm glad to either, you know, I tell them, they, they, they ask me, do you want to be a part of it? I go, well, you know, either way, if I'm not a part of it or I am, I still help you and give you what I know and I tell you what I don't know. And if I don't know it, I'll tell you maybe where we can go find it. So I think partnerships are going to be big. I always tell people to tell everybody what it is that you're looking for, you know, get out there and uh, be all over Facebook. Hey, I'm looking to buy self-storage. You know, yeah. you never, you absolutely never know when somebody will go, Hey, I drove past this facility in such, such market and it looks really run down and, you know, looks like it use some love and something might come of that. Or, you know, my uncle is just getting ready to sell his and his is exactly what you're looking for. Yeah, I mean, you I just met, you met him last year at the barbecue, and yeah, you just never know. You never know yeah. who you run into. You, you know, you're putting it visually into existence, talk it into existence as well. Look, we're we're looking to buy five facilities in the next year, so put that out there. Here's the markets we're looking for. If anybody sees anything, let us know. In my head and in, and in my vision board, and I'm reminding myself every day what I'm shooting for. So when you decided to to get into storage. You mentioned that you joined Scott Myers Mastermind. Is that the primary way that you educated yourself? Yes. Okay. I mean, I did podcasts, I did books, I did Facebook groups, but until you actually start doing it, that's when you really get a grasp of everything and being around the people and, and talking lingo and putting offers. You know, books and podcasts kind of bring you to a certain level, but, you know, there's always that I, I would like somebody to bounce ideas off of or, or talk to a little bit further because... You know, this is some of these are big, big, uh, bigger deals. So yes, and it's Amatez boot camp, and I think probably within six months I had joined the mastermind, the, the weekend boot camp that they they had in, in it was in, I think it was in Indianapolis. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, and it's been it's been great so far. I enjoy going to our mastermind meetings and just talking to these folks and get to know them better and uh, learn and get everybody's different experience and uh, everybody's very. What would you say was something that you, something you either had to learn how to do in order to be successful or something that you weren't expecting, you know, something about your first deal that maybe you weren't expecting that you had to learn? Maybe not on the first deal itself, but one thing that I helped me with, with, with Scott Myers, one of his programs is like a Kickstarter program where they kind of help with just the underwriting the deals and using the analyzer. And as, as much as I saw my financial statements from the passive deals that I'm in, the books, the podcast, I still didn't have a good grasp of it until I went through it with, with them and actually ran through all these different scenarios. And then actually I did it when I bought this facility. So it kind of just clicked. So really just learning to analyze and underwrite was, was, was big. You know, I knew how to market. I knew how to put things on a contract. I knew how to formed LLC, insurance and cost segregation, all that stuff. But really looking at numbers and, and understanding those, that was probably 
one of the main things that, that, that was helpful. Yeah. A lot of us get really caught up in the first step of real estate investing, which is leads, just generating leads. Oh, I got to generate leads, you know, and then you forget, you know, you forget to sit down and analyze, you know, you got to start analyzing deals as well because you're not going to, because when one does land in your lap, you're not going to know what it looks like when it hits your lap. Sure. What was it that stood out in the underwriting that told you the one that you bought was a deal? Well, it was, first of all, I mean, there wasn't like a whole bunch of, one, it wasn't like a big major rehab or anything. So it was, it was stable. And the expenses were still reasonable, even though I was going to be able to knock it down from, from my perspective. The, the, the cash flow was consistent in their financials. So it, it I mean, it didn't seem like a, a big value add and like a killer deal. Like I'm used to, like when I was renovating houses, and that's a little getting used to too, is I used to buy really deep when I was renovating houses. So there could be cushions and I would just, I wouldn't worry about anything going on because I was already putting into the picture that I'm rehabbing the whole house anyways. So trying not to be over conservative with these deals. So the, the numbers were were good, not like, you know, incredible, like, you know, off the charts, I'm going to make a killing on this one. So that's what I felt, I felt comfortable with all the different like, the expenses and the income and uh, consistency of, of their books. Gotcha. So you said this one is a little less than two hours away from where you live in Houston, correct? Correct. How often are you having to go out and visit the facility? So... Uh, Right now, so it's that one I built and uh, bought in October, I would say probably once a month or once every other month. You know, a lot of it's just done remotely. I have the, the, the lady that I kept on. She lives two minutes away. I have the handyman that I inherited to. He lives like five minutes away. And, you know, they're very uh, responsive. I have the cameras going. Um, the old owners still live behind there. I don't, I, don't, I try not to bug them, so I don't really call on them. But I, I like to go and just really physically inspect and kind of show my face around to, you know, I don't see a lot of tenants usually there, but just the neighbors and, and um, go say hi to the city because I, I, mean, I have to talk to them about getting my portals in there. And it's always good to see and feel every once in a while. Gotcha. But it's not a necessity at this point to go every month. But at the same time, I think it's, it's, I want to, I want to keep eyes on it. Gotcha. Um, and how much time, a w- you know, per week would you say you're having to devote to your self-storage endeavors? Oh, for managing this thing, a very small amount this week, but, but for um, marketing and going after, yeah, I, I spend uh, a lot of time at least. At least a full. I mean, it's a little, at least a full time job worth. I mean, yeah. I really try to put everything into it. Yeah. And um, at the same time, I'm, I'm I'm doing my other real estate ventures, the small ones, that that the, the land deals. But again, yeah. So it takes a little getting used to because those are, you know, I'm not closing like <clears throat> 10, 15 deals a month like in the wholesale. Deal. Mm-hmm. You know, these. You know, if I get five facilities that close, then then I'm I'm happy. Gotcha. Is there anything about investing in storage that you think people overestimate the difficulty of? I guess some people, the, I guess the management side of it. And, and I was like that too. It's like, you know, how am I going to manage this thing far away? And how am I going to manage it? And who am I going to need? 
So once I was, I, I know you had Gary Edmonds on your show at one point. So he's the one that kind of helped me in, in, in remote management and kind of gave me some ideas of how to do that. And uh, so that, that, help, that helped. Because it's really, if you get the, once you get the, that system up, it's, it's, you know, it's, I wouldn't say autopilot, autopilot, but, you know, it's, it's running pretty smoothly. So, yeah, I think people maybe overestimate that they're going to have to be out there doing this and managing this. And, you know, even when they get the bigger facilities, as long as you get a good, if you're using a third-party management company or, or employees, you know, it's, as long as those people, like anything else, good people, you need good people. So along with those, if those are good, then, you know, everything will run a lot smoother. Yeah, so that would be the first thing that comes to mind. Well, Luke Wong, thank you so much for sharing with us. Uh, you've got the self-storage clubhouse room every Tuesday and Thursday at 9 a.m. Central Time. And I encourage our listeners to check that out. We'll put that uh, link to that in the show notes. But if any of our guests want to find you, what would be the best way for them to reach out to you? So I am on uh, Facebook under this Luke Wong. Instagram, it's at Luke Wong 2000. And then my, you can just go to my website. It's, it's uh, a general website with the storage and other commercial real estate, but it's uh, nine mile capital, the, num- the number nine, M-I-L-E capital.com. Gotcha. And then they can email me, phone me from, from all the information. Okay. There. And we'll put all that in the show notes. Sounds good. All right. Well, thanks. Thanks so much for sharing with us today. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yep. Okay. That was Luke Wong from Nine Mile Capital. Uh, You can also check him out at his self-storage clubhouse every Tuesday, Thursday, 9 a.m. Central. I, I would say the key lesson learned for me on this interview was to focus when you're having conversations with owners, focus on building rapport and trying to identify their pain points, their problems, and then figure out a way to solve the problem. That's probably how you're going to be the end up being the one who um, they sell their facility to. Money. It took him $200,000. He bought about a million dollar facility, 20% down with owner finance. Great, great deal if you can get it. Always a good idea to ask if that's a possibility. And certainly a lot easier than an SBA, uh, SBA loan. So. Uh, knowledge. He's, he studied with Scott Myers, both at their boot camp, and he became part of their mastermind. And he said that the main thing that he had to learn to do was just underwrite storage. It's, it is the underwriting is a little bit, it can be a little bit complicated. You know, it's, uh, you're dealing with, it's not just real estate. You're dealing with a business dealing with, you know, income and, and expenses, uh, a lot more than your average, um, single family rental. Time. Uh, he said it's minimal to manage the property right now, but uh, as far as looking for a facility, he's spending 40 hours a week uh, marketing for those and having conversations with owners and brokers and things like that. Location. It's His current facility is about uh, an hour and 45 minutes away, but it's remote management. Self-storage is a business that if you set up the systems, I think this is um, one of the more location-independent businesses out there. If you, if you buy the right facility, if you buy a big enough facility that can handle either, either third party management, or at the very least some boots on the ground, uh, along with, um, you know, improving the processes and systems and 
uh, getting a call center and website and, and set that up. It is something that can be run remotely. Okay, once again, that was Luke Wong from NineMileCapital.com. We will put all the stuff in the show notes. I'm Neil Henderson. We're doing this all again next week. Until next time, let's hit the road. Hey, before you go, if you like the show, we would be delighted if you'd head over to Podchaser and leave us an honest review. And do let us know why you like the show, how long you've been listening, and in particular, what you find really useful or entertaining. And let us know if there's anything you think we should change. Also, if you have specific questions about real estate investing, especially self-storage or short-term rentals, shoot us an email at info at roadtofamilyfreedom.com and we'll be happy to answer your question on the show. We might even turn it into an entire episode. Thanks for listening. We're doing this all again next week. Until then, safe travels on your road to financial freedom.